All right, everybody, welcome to New Life. <clears throat> Glad you guys are here today. Wow. Well, I want to introduce myself. If any of you are a guest with us today, um, you live here in this community or you are here because it's Mother's Day and you're here celebrating, you know, how great your mom is. I just want to introduce myself. My name is Jeff Baker. I'm one of the pastors on staff here at New Life. So thanks for coming out today. May I, uh, may I also be one that simply says to you, if you're a mom, happy Mother's Day to you. All right. Happy Mother's Day to you. And, uh, we hope that today, um, is one of those, uh, one of those Sunday mornings where, you know, your heart is, uh, is stirred and you're reminded of, you know, uh, the power of what it means to be a mom. So we are currently in our, our teaching series, Red Letter Revolution. And today I'm just going to be honest with you. There's going to be some passages of scripture we're going to bring out of God's word that are, that are pretty difficult. Um, they're not your, you're not your classic, uh, Mother's Day passages, um, if, if you will. Now this whole teaching series is built around the hard teachings of Jesus. The things that Jesus said that many times we like to just gloss over. Or times that we would prefer this, that maybe Jesus never even said them. But it's Mother's Day, and Jesus had some things to say about moms. And so we're going to dig in and see what those things are about. <clears throat> Before we get started, though, I read a story this week. The story uh, was about a mom and a four-year-old daughter who were going on a walk. So they leave the house, and out onto the sidewalk they go. And, and as they're walking on the sidewalk, they get to a park. And, you know, the, the four-year-old is like any four-year-old. Mommy, Mommy, can we go to the park? Can we go to the park? And so they start walking across the field. They are now off the concrete. And the little four-year-old, like, like all little kids, are closer to the ground. And they, they tend to see objects that are on the ground better than us. And, you know, as we get older, we see them and then we don't even want to bend over to pick them up. A four-year-old is so close to the ground and has such motivation that she reaches down to the ground and she picks this item off the ground. And instantly, like any good four-year-old would do, she immediately starts going to the mouth with the item. Of which the mom steps in very quickly and grabs the item out of the daughter's hand and says, Sweetie, sweetie, no, no, don't put that in your mouth. It's dirty. It's filthy. You don't know where it came from. I mean, I'm going to tell you right now, it has germs on it. It could make you sick. And the four-year-old daughter looks at the mom and says, Wow, mom. Wow, you're so smart. How do you know all this stuff? And the mom, on the spur of the moment, having to answer back to the daughter, says, Well, all moms know this stuff. We have to know this stuff. Because if we don't know this stuff, then we don't get to pass the mom test. And if we don't pass the mom test, then we can't be a mommy. Well, the four-year-old has never heard this. She didn't know there's a mom's test. And so they continue to walk across the park for the next two to three minutes. And then all of a sudden, like those little children, they come to these conclusions. She came to one and she goes, she stops and she holds mommy's hand. She goes, mommy, I, I got it. I got it. I understand. I understand what, what you meant. That if, if you don't pass the mommy test, you have to be the daddy. Of which the mom said, exactly. <laughs> so, moms, we know. All right? We know you're amazing. We know you're incredible. We know that you've got all the answers to a lot of life's problems if we'll just slow down and we'll listen. And I don't know if there really is a mommy's test or not. I just know I ended up as a dad. All right? And if that was by default, so be it. But we love you. And we, we want to bless you today. And we don't want this day to be about you, though. 
Yeah. Unfortunately, that's part of the hard teachings of Jesus. <laughs> he would say, it's Mother's Day. Okay, awesome. But right now, it's my day. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy the way that Jesus addresses this issue. So I decided it would probably be best if you, if we heard some of these things from moms. So I, uh, I've called on mommy power. All right. Mommy power unites, um, whatever, whatever that means. And I've asked three of our pastor's wives that are moms to come and help me on the stage today to dig through some of these hard teachings. So if you would, please welcome with me. Uh, we have Dean, uh, Dean's wife, Jen Boozy. We have Eric's wife, uh, Shelly Rosine, right? And then we have my wife, Kim Baker. So would you welcome these guys? Welcome. Welcome. Glad you're here. Thanks for making it. All right. Well, hey. Hi, babe. Hi. Yeah, but, Wait. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. For real? <laughs> what is that all about? Man. I got a shower today. And I haven't really, you know, eaten anything that would get on my face. But it's okay. I'm going to get some on my shirt. Okay. Well, so listen. Um, before we get started, you guys, you guys were all here last week. Okay. So you guys probably all remember, like everyone else does, my, um, spiritual algebraic equation. I'm pretty sure you guys do. You probably could fill it out. You probably worked on it with your kids as homework assignments throughout, throughout the week. I'm I'm pretty sure that's probably what you did. So just in case you don't remember, the equation basically goes HT, okay, plus RT, you have to do that because that's in the brackets, right? right? Times A equals SR. I mean, come on. Everybody knows what that means, right? <laughs> Everybody does. So the HT, do you guys, anybody remember what the HT stood for? Hard teaching. <laughs> I was like trying to find the, the answer up there and it's not up there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's not up there. That's right. You can't look there and find it. This was just out of the heart. Very good. Okay, so the hard teachings. The hard teachings are those things that Jesus talked about that are... Well, they're hard, and we're going to deal with some of them today. Now, the the RT is uh, maybe a little more difficult. Does anybody remember what the RT stands for? It's for revealed truth. Okay, so if you have hard teachings and you find the you find truth, you reveal some truth in it. Those things together can do something powerful. But standing there alone, they can do nothing. So that's why we said you have to figure those things out first. What's the hard teaching? What's some truth that you can discover out of it? And then once you got that, then you, you times that or you, you do something with it, right? And the A stood for, does anybody remember what that stood for? Action. Application. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Apple? No. Action. Action. Or application. Application. Yes. Yes. So either word, that, uh, we refer to the judges. Well, either word works. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. Good. You're still in the game. You're still in the game. All right. Um, so we apply it. We have application. It means that if you've got, if you've got truth, but you never do anything with it, you're going nowhere. Right? But all of that put together has the ability to equal the SR, which is, and I'll tell you, spiritual revolution. And that's what this whole red letter revolution, uh, teaching series is really all about is let's dig into the hard teachings of Jesus. So that we can, in, in the end, have a spiritual revolution that happens in our hearts. So that we look, sound, and behave a lot more like Jesus in our lives. So we need your help. 
uh, to accomplish this. We're going to go to one of Jesus' hard teachings, which is found in Mark uh, 3, verse 31 through 35. Uh, you guys can follow on the screens with me. It says, Then Jesus, then Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. Uh, they stood outside and sent word for him to come out and to talk with them. There was a crowd sitting around Jesus, and someone said, Your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. And Jesus replied, Who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Then he looked at those around him and said, Look, these are my mother and my brothers. Anyone who does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. So a few things we can deduct very quickly. First off is that Jesus is teaching to a very large crowd. A large enough crowd that when his mom and his brothers and his family come, they, they can't get through the crowd to get to Jesus. They can probably hear Jesus. Because if Jesus was in a crowd, do you think that Jesus was just sitting there quietly? Absolutely not. If Jesus is in a crowd, he's maximizing the moment. Every other time you find Jesus in a crowd, he's teaching. And in this scenario here, we can deduct that Jesus in this large crowd that his family can't press through to get to him is teaching. He's most likely teaching about the kingdom of God. So when the messenger comes to Jesus, the messenger has to interrupt Jesus in mid-flow. Because Jesus would have been like the sermon, teaching. And then all of a sudden, usher comes to give, to give me a note that interrupts me. So at that moment, we have to know something, that the character... And the nature of Jesus wasn't one that he was lashing back out because he got interrupted. But Jesus was basically responding and saying to them, I'm going to use this as a teaching moment. If you know anything about the life of Jesus, you'll know that Jesus used every little point he could to use it as a teaching moment. He would use a boat. He would use fish. He would use a net. He used an olive Tree. He just used everything he could as a teaching moment. So Jesus takes this statement and he flips it around. And he goes, let me help you understand who my real mother is. Let me help you understand who my real brothers and who my real sisters are. And some people have a really hard time with what they conclude that Jesus really meant by this. Some people think that Jesus meant that he had no respect for his mother or his family. And that really makes some people mad. <clears throat> if they thought that Jesus didn't have any respect for his mother or for his family... Others think that maybe Jesus had his priorities wrong and that just like today, Jesus was more focused on work than he was focused on family. You know, and, and that, that kind of gets underneath some people's craw. Other people, they think to themselves that Jesus, this just points to the fact that Jesus was just a one of those radical religious fanatics. And all he was trying to do was tell his disciples at this moment to get away from your family and just hang out with me so that I can brainwash you so it's all you think is the things I want you to think. That's where some people have gone with that passage. Others will say that Jesus isn't diminishing his mother. <clears throat> He's not trying to put down his family. He's simply helping his followers to see with spiritual eyes, not just with physical eyes. But he's helping them to see that there's way more to family than just the, the blood family that you have here. So either way, this is, would you agree, this is a hard teaching. Especially on Mother's Day, you know. On Mother's Day, if this is Mother's Day and Jesus is preaching and his mom comes to the door and says, Hey, it's Mother's Day. I need to talk with you. Jesus would have said, Number one, I don't have time for that at this very moment. We'll get to that. I've got something I need to do. And that is I need to teach about the kingdom of God. 
So today, we kind of want to, we want to talk about the kingdom of God. So let's look at verse 33 together. Yeah, Jesus said that, who, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? And then he looked at those around him and he said, look, these are my mother and my brothers. Very similar to this crowd right here. So let me just ask you a series of questions that might help bring some truth out of this. Okay? Um, you answer it however you want to. All right? So we, we have not established any set rote answers here, right? This is like a real interview where you, you get to bring to the table what, what you sense is in your heart. So, um, you guys, you guys, uh, have raised your children. Some of you, a couple of you have raised your children from birth all the way through to adulthood. Okay. And, um, you, you, Jen, are right on the edge, right? You're right yep. on the edge. We're pushing one out. <laughs> you, got, you, you got, you got one going out of the nest. <laughs> yeah. One down. Right. Okay. Um, so you guys have either have or you're right on that edge. And you've, you've done that through some very difficult seasons, um, in their lives. You know, as being a father of four, I know that we don't raise our children and everything just goes perfect. Um, is there uh, ever a moment, though, when you stop becoming um, and you stop being mom? Is no. there ever a moment that you stop being mom, no matter no matter how old they get? Never. Really? Never. Well, okay. You, um, you know, we want our kids to be safe and to grow and to hear our voice and to and know how to respond. And even as they get older, it's it seems. Um, really even more important in a sense um, that they would um, that they would always know that they could come to us. I always want my kids to be function well and, and, and hear God's voice and respond, but I, I do want them to need me. You okay. know, I always want to be their mommy. Okay. So do you ever stop being mom, Shelly? No. <clears throat> no. Maggie, when she left for school, she called us every night for two years. <laughs> if anybody knows Maggie, it's, she's shy, and it was hard for her to go to school. But yeah. um, no, definitely even those two years, I didn't see her physically, but every night we spoke on the phone. <laughs> and it didn't matter what was going on, you know. Hey, yeah. here's what happened for my day. Good. <laughs> you know, and I'd say, well, I went to work, and I came home and cooked supper, and... I'm ready for bed now. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Because, you know, she's a, you know, at that age, they're up till midnight every night, and we're ready for bed by nine. So, <laughs> anyway. Right. Yeah, it doesn't end. All right. So, just from this, and I think if, if anybody that has a pulse today would know that you, you never stop be, being mom, just like you never stop being dad. So, um, if that's the truth, then then why would God, you know, why would God try to uh, in, insinuate that there's a point, however, that maybe you're not my mom anymore. That my family, there's a more important family that's, that's someplace else. So I, I don't think that Jesus is really trying to say in this passage that, no, your earthly mom is all of a sudden comes to a point where she's never important. Because in your heart, God's put something inside of you that still loves your kids even beyond that adolescent years when they move on, right? Um, so... I don't see Jesus really trying to diminish his mother and diminish his family in this. But we do know that Jesus loved his heavenly father more than he loved his earthly mom. That's pretty obvious. I mean, Jesus talked often about his heavenly father. And here's another one of those moments where he's pointing to loving his heavenly father more than his earthly mom. So how, how should we 
This is more of a practical kind of a question. How should we try to raise our children so that they end up loving God more than they end up loving you? How, how, do, we, how do we do that? What, what are a couple of thoughts that you have in your heart? of How do we raise our kids so that in the end they end up loving God even more than they love us? I haven't, my kids aren't out of the nest yet exactly, but I think to myself, you know, kind of going back to what Kim said, you always want them to need you, but they'll always have God. God's always there for them, uh, and we're not always able to be there physically with them. And for them to be able to run to God for what they need is going to, I mean, it's just a really good thing for them to be able to do. And I think we do that by modeling it ourselves. You know, how much are we reliant upon, upon God? Okay. And are we modeling that for our kids mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as well? Because they're going to learn more from we understand that. We can say whatever we want to say to our kids. It's through our actions that they really follow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. You know? Yeah. So just, just watching the way that we, right. we live our life. Right. And just humbling ourselves and admitting our failures. And going to God ourselves. Going to God. Yeah. Okay. Making him the priority in our life as well okay. through that modeling i think that they are able to take that with them when they leave the house leave the home you know because yeah. they can't always come to us except maggie can call every night <laughs> yeah right <laughs> thanks to cell phones right. but i mean a lot of parents though i mean they 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 get a high really off of their the power of being a parent and the need of being a parent that need of being a mom you know, and there's going to come a day when, like our family, where all of your kids are grown and there, there aren't kids running around, like some of the folks that are out here. And, wow, things really change fast. You know, uh, what you got your identity from changes quick. So would, would you all do agree, though, that raising our kids, we need to be raising them to love God even more than us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh, the power of that. So how, how do we do that? What are some other thoughts that you have concerning how to raise our kids so that they love God even more than they love mom? You know well, thoughts? Think, like Jen said, you know, really teaching them to rely on God. I mean, your kids come to you, they may ask you questions and, you know, through prayer and, you know, teaching them to pray, to read their Bible, you know, being in church. They can learn all those basic foundation things, but you're trusting that what you've done all along is going to be a success in the end. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I had an example where Maggie... Um, She's, of course, my oldest, so we got a lot of examples with her. But she, uh, I think, just was a little bit unsure about herself. And, like, she was 17. She was a senior getting ready to head off to school and at a friend's house. And um, they were going to watch a movie. So she calls me. And she's like, Mom, we're going to watch this movie. She said, uh, do you think it would be okay if I watched it? And at that point, I was like, oh, revelation. I said, Maggie, you're 17 years old. I said, in, in like four months, you're leaving the house. And I said, if I haven't done my job by now, showing you, you know, whether you should, or you knowing whether you should watch that movie or not, then I failed. Yeah. And yeah. I said, so I'm not going to tell you whether you can watch that movie or not. <laughs> right. And she was just silent. I said, you know, you're, you've got to make that decision. My job's done. Right. And that was just really how I felt. I just was like, I can't tell her for the next 35 years whether she should watch a movie or not. You know, and, and I guess I was trying to instill in her she has that power. Right. The Holy Spirit will let her know if she should or shouldn't do something. Yeah. Just, you know, that's the little push you have to give mm-hmm. 
Right. Because, sure, I could tell her every single movie she should watch or not, but you have to stop doing that at some point. Right on. That's good. Well, honey, why don't you answer this question? How, <clears throat> when you see your kids, you know, choosing to follow God's commands over everything else in this world, describe a little bit for us the joy that goes through your heart mm-hmm. when you know life's not easy for them, but they make the hard decision to put God first. After all of that motherhood, after all of that training, here they are, and they're choosing to do that. Whether they're an adolescent, they're ten, they're they're you know ten years old, or they're you know twenty two years old. What kind of describe the joy that that brings? Well, it brings huge joy. I um, really, ultimately, what it does, it just takes pressure off of me when I know that you know when my kids are making a great decision, and there's bad ones along the way, but when they make a great decision or they say, Mom, do you have some scripture that could point me in this direction? Or, you know, I've been really reading the Bible and this has really stood out to me. That is um, the greatest comfort, the most wonderful, wonderful feeling. And, you know, to be honest, that's kind of just started up with some of my, um, with some of our kids as they're older. They begin to start sharing that way. And, oh, I mean, it gives me chills. It Mm -hmm. makes me so happy to know that that they're relying on him that will never leave them, that he's always there, and that they're aware of his presence. So, yeah. super happy. <laughs> it does. It brings, it brings joy. And that's, I think that's something that's important, that's important to know um, about, about all of our parents. As long as, we, as long as we have parents, they have expectations for us. And if they're godly parents, the, one of their big expectations is, how, how are they going to love God? And they want to they hear from us. You know, I know that my mom, my mom is watching this today. So happy Mother's Day, mom. And I'm going to call you later today. But I also know that you love it when I call when it's not Mother's Day, just to hear what's going on. And just so that you can actually in an adult fashion, third degree me and still hear the details that are going on in my life if I don't give enough, you know, and feel free to ask those kind of questions because I know that that brings my mom joy. Um, So I'm glad that in our hearts, God built inside of our hearts to watch our children do God's will, follow him, and it brings, it brings us joy. It really helps you probably lay your head down on the pillow and go to sleep a lot easier, right? But let's go to the next one, and uh, one of the two of you guys can answer this for us. Mary, Mary knew that she was chosen to raise Jesus. And that's pretty obvious. Scripture, scripture really drives that home, that Mary was chosen to raise Jesus, but I think I also kind of want to make sure that you guys realize that you were chosen to raise your kids. Just like every other mom that's out here was chosen to raise her kids. So just let that sink in for a second, right? Mary's chosen by God to raise Jesus. You're chosen to raise your kids. So how, what, what stirs in your heart? What goes through your heart and your mind when you consider the fact Mary was chosen to raise Jesus and I'm chosen to raise my kids? What are some of those first emotions, first thoughts that go through your heart? Jen, what do you think? I'd have to, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. This is kind of a tough mom week. Um, I don't know why, but maybe it was because leading up to this, I had to have some application to share. Um, (laughs) But it has been, and we all have those times as parents. That, you know, it's just kind of one of those, one of those times. And so I was kind of doubting myself as a mom and kind of like, okay, God, why did you put these children in my life? You know, what, what can I really do for them? That kind of a thing. And, and, uh, 
you know, but, when, but then I started focusing because we had talked about that a little bit about being chosen, um, chosen for them. And I've tried to focus on that this week. And that was really helpful about, okay, God, you have given me, this is a purpose. This is one of the purposes you have given me is to be the mom to these four children and, and guide me. And I use it in my prayer time. And, um, and it, it's an honor. It's, and it's a kind of that, oh, wow, you put these four children. It just didn't happen by accident. And, um, you know, kind of that, uh, expectation from god that he's put those kids but i also focus on the fact that they were just they were given to us um as you said mary was chosen to to raise jesus and i'm sure she had moments where she had these weeks where she was like okay why (laughs) did you put the son of god into my hands and uh but i bet so i think that you know we're we're given them for a time and to be able to focus on that i had those moments this week of just kind of letting them go and if it's simply just letting them travel somewhere and uh i have a good friend that says even when her kids would just go out with friends she would just say okay god they're in your hands and uh, they didn't have to be taken to trip across the across the world in order for her to pray that and i had Mm. those moments this week and focused on that okay god they're in your hands because they're not you know and that because you could worry forever about right. your kids and all these things conjure up in your mind of what's happening with them. And, right. um, but I felt like through that time this week, being able to focus on that God has put me there as a, for a purpose into these children's life has really given me a yeah. different focus this week. So it helped me. Through. It's changed the way you pray then. Yeah, wow. absolutely. And maybe in that, then it's also kind of changed a little bit of your perspective. Sure. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Shelly, what, what are your thoughts on the fact that God chose you yeah. for well, this moment? Why me? <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I don't know that, you know, I didn't look at that early on. And I was actually reflecting on that when I was reading. I actually made me go through all four Gospels this week, kind of seeing what did Mary do? And, you know, she was just like us. You know, she lost her kid once, you know. Uh, she went to the temple and a guy prophesied over her son and she was amazed. Right. You know, she had had the Holy Spirit come to her and give her Jesus but she still, I don't think, quite knew what she had. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Love my kids. <laughs> I cry all the time when I talk about them. <laughs> Sorry, Mason. I know it embarrasses you. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, Mason. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, uh, it's a hard job. Yeah. It's um, just like Jen said, we pray. You know, you give them to God every day. And um, you just uh, trust that you've done the best you can do. Right, right. Because you could, you, could, you could let things eat you up, things your kids do that are wrong. You know, don't let that be a reflection on you if you've done you know, everything you can. Right, right. Um, you've trusted God. You've given them to him every day. Um, but, you know, being a mom is awesome yeah. and tough. And sweet and frustrating. I mean, it could go just like this, you know, all the time. Yeah, we don't get to choose the outcome of our kids, right? No. No. You know, and even day to day, you know, how many times is our, you know, I remember when Molly, she's my second one. She's our, uh, a lot of you guys have seen her in plays and singing. She's got a heart for drama. And um, she, (laughs) when she turned three, I looked at Eric, I go, who is that? (laughs) Where did our sweet Molly go? I mean, she was like this angel for three years, and then boom, the minute she turned three, 
We didn't even know who she was. You know, those are the moments that you struggle. And sure. then you and I remember the hard moments, but then you also just cherish those sweet ones. Yeah. Knowing so. though that God gave you your kids makes the, the struggle moments. It should make them just uh they're always gonna be hard, but it should make it just a tad bit easier knowing that that struggle God knew you could handle it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you could handle it. And I've, I've literally, I've looked around at times and I've just, I've been on my knees just going, God, thank you for the four kids you gave me because the struggles they had, I knew how to handle. And other struggles, it, it may have sunk my boat, honestly. But God knew me and he knew, he knew what I needed too in raising our kids. And so this raising of Jesus had to be a very development uh, or a, a time where Mary was developed, you know, oh, yeah. um, in, in herself, in her own maturity. Um, so that's not all that Jesus said, though. Jesus actually said in verse 35, he says, anyone who does God's will is my, is my brother and sister and mother. Mm-hmm. He's alluding to the fact that if you do God's will, if that's your heart, is to do what God says to do and follow his commands, then he goes, those are the people I call family. Mm-hmm. It's not just this earthly mom. He goes, I put a lot of stake into those who do God's will. I feel the same way. I love my family, but I, I love the family of Christ who wants to follow God, wants to do God's will. And that tells me very quickly when Jesus says this, what he's saying to all of humanity is there are no free tickets. Even his own mother doesn't get a free ticket to heaven just because she's the one who gave birth to Jesus. Let that shock a few of you for a second. <laughs> Unless you do God's will, he says. Doing God's will, that's what he's looking at. So no one gets a free ticket. It's not about titles. It's not about, well, I'm the mother of Jesus. Well, I'm the brother of Jesus. Well, I'm the pastor of new life. It's not about titles. God's not going to look at titles when he, can, when he considers, are you doing my will or are you not doing my will? Everyone stands before God on the exact same playing field. Life is more about doing God's will or hearing his voice and obeying it. So let's get down to the nitty gritty of motherhood, right? Do, how do you feel when your children hear your words and they actually obey them? Feels awesome. <laughs> okay. All right. Describe, describe the awesomeness just for a moment for me. All right. Your kids have heard you and they obeyed it. Describe that kind of awesome joy. Sometimes I'm shocked. <laughs> to be honest. I'm shocked, right? You're like, like, no way, I can't believe they did it. <laughs> right, so, there yeah. are moments, if some of you guys Right, know. so <laughs> shock is one of them. What, what are, what's some other ways to describe that kind of like, wow, man, that's amazing, that's awesome. When I reward them. Okay, you want to so reward we, them. We, right. Keep that going, yeah. Okay, sure. all right. Anything else? I like, I had uh, one of the kids call me, it was one of the girls, and Molly, and she said, whoa, mom, and like, I can't even remember the situation, that's really, doesn't matter, but she was like, you know, you told me one time this, she goes, man, you were right, and so I mean, and I don't even know when we had talked about it, at what point it was, but she's been gone a year to school now, and so even just to know that, just a conversation we had, stuck, yeah. You know, here Absolutely. or here. Right. And maybe at the time we were button heads. Right. I don't remember. We do that often, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But she, you know, 
that came back to her mind. And she realized, Mom, you know what? You were so right about that. And that's a great feeling. And it did. It It made me feel successful. There you go. It made me feel like I had put something in her that even at the time it didn't maybe stick. Obviously it didn't because at the time she evidently didn't think I was right. Right. And then she had to call me later and say, you know what, Mom? You were right. And I just felt success for her. Felt like, you know, she's heading up the right path. She's, you know, gosh, I'm not, I have like no wisdom. I don't feel like. I just feel like God gives me the word at the moment. You know, most of the time your kids ask you something, you go, hey, let me go pray about that before I talk to you. (laughs) You know, sometimes we can do that. But most of the time it's just got to come right out right then. Right. You don't have any time. That's not like I've studied my Bible and prayed for 48 hours. (laughs) So I'm just trusting that my daily prayer, my daily Bible study, my relationship with God will help me at those moments to have the right words to say to my kids. What I love about what you said is that the joy isn't always just what you feel. It's a joy that you have for them, for the, for your kids, you know, because you're, you're watching this bank account of godliness grow in their life. Mm -hmm. And that feels really good. But let's flip the coin over, okay? Well, what about those moments when they don't, when they choose to hear you, but they choose not to obey you? Um, what are the relational consequences uh, that for not obeying? Relationally, what, what happens in the heart of a mom when their kids choose not, not to obey relationally? What are those consequences? Uh, for me, I, you know, I... I want to be the soft, you know, nurturing, snuggling, lovely. And when they do something that is against um, what I've said, uh, oh, it makes me so mad on the point that then it makes me have to confront and, you know, be the mean guy. Uh, I don't like being put in that situation, to be honest. I mean, mm-hmm. that's just, that's your spot. <laughs> and you're so good at it. What, being the mean guy is for what? <laughs> What? Um, but you know, when I'm, but when I'm forced to be in that situation, that's my initial, I get really mad at that perspective that you're making me, you know, be someone I don't want to be, but we've got to address this. Yeah. And so, and sometimes even, you know, to be honest, when our kids were smaller, oh, the, the dread of, well, now I have to talk to daddy, which is going to make him upset and he's going to have to handle it. And it just, oh, it just, you know, why? Why do you have to? But there were so many moments where, you know, but it's, it's a time, it's such an important time to use that correction. And I know looking back, oh, I made so many mistakes, you know, yeah. but, um, but it's, it's, it's really a great opportunity in turn for us to really speak into their life and, and give direction and yeah. take advantage of that moment. But my initial is very frustrated. Okay. Describe, yeah. describe for me. Um, this will be our last question. Describe for me how important it is to you as a mom that your sons and your daughters are considered to be a part of the family that Jesus is talking about here. Just describe to me how important that is. And, you know, what is it worth giving up? Just give us an inside scoop into the heart of a mom on how important it is that your son or your daughter is considered into the family that Jesus is talking about here. It's everything. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm fortunate right now my kids are there, you know, they're all Christians and, but, you know, I've watched moms struggle with kids who aren't and I feel blessed. Yeah. 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 I think that would be very, you know, you just, I pray for them anyway, but it would definitely be a different kind of prayer. Yeah. Right. You know, if they weren't the family of God. Yeah. Um, 
Is that mom's heart when your kid is strained? Uh, does that mom's heart kind of uh, go, well, then forget you? You know, go out there <laughs> no. and do what you want to do. No. No, my kids could probably tell you. I, I try to preface even during those learning moments or those hard, hard times is, remember, I love you. I do not like what you did. Yeah. And my kids probably could say that I always love you, especially my little ones, so that you use that language with them. And I use it, try to use it almost every time. And they'll say, oh, you always love me, but you didn't, you know, you didn't like what I did. Yeah, right. And so, yeah. And I'm kind of at the foundational level a little bit. As I said, we've got our kids all spread out. Most of you guys know that, where we've got one that we're kicking out of the nest, as I said, graduating next week. And then we have a four-year-old, and so then we got a couple in between there. So we're kind of at that, uh, I guess maybe with the spread, we're able to kind of see how it went, <laughs> and we still have time something <laughs> with the little ones. I don't know. Um, <laughs> little tweet. <laughs> exactly, but... Um, I try to I try to use that. I can't say that I'm always, we make a lot of mistakes, but the heart. So my kids are kind of still at a lot of them. We're starting to see our older two start making decisions for themselves in their own spiritual walk. Um, but we're, we're kind of at that foundational level with our little ones where, you know, we're, they're still just, um, you know, but yet they still kind of have their own personality. You know, I, I love it. It just makes my heart jump when my little four-year-old, my little Maddie, When we say, she'll go, is it a school day, is it a church day, or is it a day we get to stay home? And she's got those three categories, and I'll go, it's a church day, and she'll go, yes! (laughs) And um, I just, that just makes my heart just leap, because... She she wants to be here, mm-hmm. yeah. and I have a lot of you guys to be thankful for that because she a lot of you guys touch her life um, in in children's ministry, um, so we're just really blessed by that. So I, I, that blesses me, even though she's not making those decisions on her own, they're still in their own way making you know yeah. deciding for God. Yeah. Got right. the foundation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank you guys for. Just being open and just sharing off the cuff, you know, um, not knowing the order of my questions and just kind of journeying with me. Obviously, I think what we discovered is that a mom's heart is a lot like God's heart. Uh, a mom's heart doesn't give up on her kids, no matter what they see the outcome being. Mom's heart turns from being maybe soft and loving and let me fix the wound to I'm going to have to lay the line down here. And the line gets laid differently for different moms. Some of them, they go to the mean guy, evidently. Um, others, others of them, they, they're there, right? Um, but your heart, it seems like it never gives up on your kids, no matter where they're at. And that your heart is one where you want them to love God more than they love you, which is amazingly uh, admirable for you. Um, in this world where it seems like we're communicated to, it's all about us. It's all about you. What can you gain? What can you gain? To raise your kids to love God more than you is a huge challenge, but it's a massive reward in the end. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of reward that points to eternal life, you know, with God. And that's the same heart that God has for us, the exact same heart. So I want to thank you guys for uh, being a part of today. Thanks a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>I want to remind you today that um, God cares a lot about moms. He cares a lot about families. Even though Jesus had some of these hard teachings where, where he said, you know, this is my family right here. 
I think a lot of you, um, as I look out to this crowd, I can tell a lot of you are seasoned. You've got a lot of experience. You well know that you have relationships on this planet with others that were never a part of your blood family that are more important to you right now and are more significant to you right now than maybe even some of those with your blood family. And that doesn't, it's not a diminishing of, of that family. It's just a significance where we share this common bond with one another through Christ. There are relationships that are built that can become stronger than even blood. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we need to know that God cares about family. And he cares about the way we care about them. In First Timothy, I actually just want to jump to First Timothy and just kind of tell you about what chapter 5 verse 8 has to say. It says, but those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household, have denied the true faith. Such people are worse than unbelievers. So please know that the balancing act of this hard teaching today is the fact that God's going, you're not off the hook for caring for your family, especially those who are immediately in your own household. You're not off the hook for that. So today, today, go out and lavish on your mom. God, God says, go take care of them today. Make their day amazing, but don't forget about tomorrow (laughs) just because it's mother's day. I know your attention is focused there, or at least in the last few moments while you were reminded your attention is focused there, but don't forget about the fact that God cares about family. And he says it enough to say to you that if you don't, it could jeopardize your eternal life. It could jeopardize you spending eternity with God in heaven. Because your heart gets twisted and your heart becomes a lot like an unbeliever, he says. Because your heart's not like God's heart. God cares a lot about moms and families. And he's saying to us, provide for them in physical ways, in emotional ways, and especially spiritual ways. Jesus did this very same thing. In some of his last words on the cross in John chapter 19, verses 25 through 27, this is what Jesus said. It says, standing near the cross where Jesus' mother and his mother's sister, Mary, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple that he loved, which was John, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. And he said to his disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, the Bible says, that this disciple, John, took the mother of Jesus, Mary, into his home. That's how much Jesus cared about his mom. That even while he hangs on the cross in some of his last breaths, he ushers out this command. And he goes, this is now your mother. This is your son. Go take care of them as if they belong to you. Isn't that interesting? It sounds exactly like what Jesus was talking about earlier. What Jesus was talking about earlier when he's driving home the point that, okay, yeah, that's my earthly mom and my earthly brothers. But look, you are my brothers and sisters. You are my mother. You are... You are those important people. When he's saying that, guess what he's really meaning? He's meaning this example that he brings up at the cross. He's meaning, take care of them as if they're your own. When you look across this auditorium, you're looking at brothers and sisters. Now that's, regardless of whether you put your faith in Christ or not, you can become part of God's family today if you will make Jesus the Lord and leader of your life. And you instantly inherit a family of brothers and sisters and even mothers. People that nurture one another in the faith. People that don't give up on one another in the faith. 
People that come alongside and they grab a hold of you when you've fallen down and you've, and you've scraped yourself on what this world provides and they help pick you back up. That's what our life groups are all about. That's what it means to be in relationship with others so that you don't become an island to yourself. So if you're here today and you're searching for significance, you're searching for where you belong, I'm telling you, your best solution is to get into the family. Into the family of God. Because in the family of God, like Jesus modeled, your true needs are taken care of. Oh, sure, we're humans and we deceive one another. I know that. We're humans and we take advantage of each other. I know that. No church is perfect, including new life. But I know one thing about new life. It's always tended to be a hospital for the hurting. It's always tended to be a place for the, for the person who considered themselves to be an outsider, to walk through these doors and feel welcomed. To find a place where when you walk through the doors, it's like the old show cheers. We might not know your name off the bat, but we're going to figure it out. Somebody's going to know your name. Somebody's going to know where you are. Someone's going to know where you're living. And someone's going to be hunting you down to say, I want to be... I want to be that brother to you, to put my arm around you and help you become all that God wants you to be. So on this Mother's Day, moms, thank you for modeling for us a true heart of God. It doesn't give up on us. It keeps searching after us. It keeps picking us up when we fall down. Keep wiping our tears away. Keep pointing us in the right direction. Keep helping us discover who Christ is. And may all of us in this room, no matter what your gender is, In a spiritual matter, may we behave exactly like those mothers do. May we nurture each other spiritually, pick each other up, help each other finish this race. As you look across this room, just like Jesus did on the cross, I say to you, these are your brothers and sisters. Now, you don't have to take someone into your home for the rest of your life, like John did. But I want you to take someone into your life. So if you don't have other people in this room in your life, Consider the benefit. Consider how better life could be for you if you actually brought some of these folks into your family and considered them to be brother, sister, and mother. Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Father, today we we come before you. We're thankful for the example of Jesus. We're thankful for the hard teachings of Jesus. We're thankful that he puts earthly relationships right where they belong so that we don't turn them into idols. It's so easy for us to take the things on this earth that we love the most, moms, children, other things. It's so easy for us. We we take those things and we instantaneously turn them into idols and we start worshiping them more than we worship you. And God, you were reminding us that there isn't anything on this earth more important than you. There isn't anything on this earth that even equates to, you can't add enough things together on this earth to come to the sum of how great you are. So Lord, today we stand before you. We ask you, God, the mothers that we heard on this stage, will you let my heart be a little bit more nurturing like that heart? And may you teach me, God, to cherish the family of God that's right here in New Life. And that we would look at one another as a brother and as a sister even as a mother, we would allow one another to speak into our lives, to transform us and change us so that we look more like you, sound more like you, and behave more like you. Let there truly be a spiritual revolution that takes place in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, amen.